Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And as we always do on a Saturday morning, hope you keep it running. Thanks to the help we get from Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul, which reminds me, I think tomorrow. Grand old day. Grand old day. Yeah. Yeah. What a great avenue. Seriously. It is is a great avenue and a great party and uh, and, uh, a good time will be had by all tomorrow. And I'm looking at the forecast. It's going to be good. It sounds like it's going to be beautiful. Not too hot and sunny. It should be really nice. So people will be waltzing by Lloyd's Automotive then? They will. Looking in the windows? Our role is we store the golf carts for the event. Oh, you do? Which is not a small task. (laughs) I guess not. But yeah, we've done that for many years now. So that's what we do. And then, uh, you know, of course they have... uh, Stuff set up in our lot, but but uh, as everybody on the avenue does, it's just a big everybody helps event. out. Yeah, everybody helps out, so That's it's really cool. nice. Great, good day, grand old day. This is a uh, usual format here on a Saturday morning. Dan has helped us out for well over twenty years here on CCO, helping you out. If you have any kind of a car care question, and before you bring in your uh, car, truck, van, whatever the case may be, to your favorite dealer or your favorite shop for service. Dan might give you a little inkling of uh, what may be wrong, and which is good to do because you can maybe cut to the chase, uh, tell the service writer, uh, the, the person you talk to at the dealer or the shop, I think this is what I was talking to Dan Burns, and I think uh, this may be the issue. And I bet you that's happened more than uh, more than once at I'm, uh, places. I'm sure has it time. happened at your shop? Oh, it has indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked talked to Dan on the on the radio Saturday, and here's what I need. <laughs> Good deal. Save some time for everybody. Uh, if you have a car care question, we're getting them already. Uh, either call us or text us. Phone number is 651-989-9226. You can call right now like some folks are doing. Uh, or send a text if that's easier, 81807. We did get a text, Dan, before, just before you got here about um, Lloyd's specifically. Do you guys work... On foreign cars like Audis, uh, most mostly actually, I think. In fact, Audi, uh, for sure, the import or the uh, and mainly the European imports has become our biggest line. Isn't that interesting? But uh, but Audi, Volkswagen, though, that's one of our strong suits. We're very very good at that. So yes, we see lots of those, and our neighborhood uh, kind of drives us to that. There's lots of them around our neighborhood, okay. so it's great. Yeah. All right, good good yes, question. We sure do. Yes, indeed. Uh, again, another text. The text number, did I give you that? 81807. You know, we had a couple of texts. I always like to catch up. I don't want to uh, cheat folks who maybe sent a text in the previous week or so. Uh, let's get a couple of those, can That we? sounds great. Okay. A texter says, I recently purchased a 2007 Ford Edge, 170,000 miles on it. It breaks normally except between 30 and 10 miles an hour where the ABS kicks in. I pull the fuse for the ABS to stop it temporarily. Where should I start troubleshooting? Do you think? Well, uh, <clears throat> perhaps a wheel speed sensor. Mm. Uh, you know, the anti-lock brake system uses a wheel speed sensor to uh, to sense how the wheels are turning. Uh, and if one of, if, for example, if a wheel bearing has gotten loose or something like that, uh, the air gap on the sensor has got it will have gotten too wide, and and that'll cause. 
the ABS to falsely activate and, uh, and, and create that problem. Mm-hmm. What's going on is when, they, when you have the ABS capable of working, uh, each wheel is counted how fast it's going. If one of them slows down as if the wheel was skidding, it would uh, apply the ABS so that <clears throat> it would take you out of the skid. And uh, so that so that's what's going on. So probably one of the sensors is not reading correctly. Okay, very good. Eight one eight zero seven for your text messages. Let's grab one more, and then we'll get to the phones because folks uh, are waiting. Uh, this let's see what kind of vehicle twenty twelve Subaru Impreza. Trouble with gas indicator made me run out of gas on a trip. Could this result in a need for a fuel pump assembly? I did replace, and showing crazy mileage now sixty five miles per gallon. What do you think I should do? Take it back to the shop? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and and in fact, I think that's correct. Uh, the that that's a good confirmation. The fact that it's reading crazy mileage, because if it was the gauge in the instrument cluster, it wouldn't be taking that information into account when calculating the mileage. Hmm. Uh, it's taking it's getting the information from the tank. Uh, in order to calculate the mileage, oh, okay. and, and that's what's going on. So that's good information. Share that with uh, with the shop when you drop it off. Very good. Let's go to the phones. Folks have been waiting. Skip is calling from Bloomington. Skip, you're on with Dan. Yeah. Good morning, Dan. Uh, question on a Jeep. Uh, Grand Cherokee, uh, uh, Laredo, um, small V8. Temperature gauge the other day when it was really hot on Monday Go from normal, turn the air on, all of a sudden it would get go right up to the, just about to the top, and shut the air off, and it seemed like the engine was getting extremely hot. Is that a uh, a fan inside, or is it a thermostat or a radiator? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a cooling problem. So it's it's either the radiator or the fan. Uh, you'd have to see if the fans are. Working properly when you uh, when the car's running, I'm not sure if that has electric fans only on it, but if it has electric fans only, sometimes they're a two-speed fan. Uh, when the engine temperature reaches a certain temperature, the fan will turn on, and then uh, when you add air conditioning to it, which of course is an additional radiator out in front of the of the cooling radiator, the uh, air conditioning. Uh, condenser is out in front of that, and when you add air conditioning to it, of course, that gets very hot as part of the the uh, air conditioning process. And if you don't have enough fan speed to keep the, to keep all that cool, then of course the engine will overheat. And um, uh, the other problem that we see, uh, if you live in a neighborhood with lots of cottonwood trees or something like that, is the radiator will actually just get plugged with debris. And if that's the case, it can just be rinsed out and uh, will make a big difference. We've so. talked about that in the past, and I was thinking about the, looking at all those seeds blowing around in recent days. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing that with, well, if, I can, it, if I can get to it. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't really, yeah, I wouldn't really recommend it unless it becomes an issue because oh, okay. uh, it's a little tricky to get in there. And uh, it, unless you get in there properly, it doesn't do much. I mean, to just run the water through the radiator doesn't really first of all you can't get to it yeah it's tough. and if you <clears throat> blow it too forcefully you can bend those little fins over and maybe create more trouble not than good any help so unless you have a problem i would probably just let it let it be in it and let it dissipate on its own natural yeah, that's right 
Jason in Oakdale, I think, has a question for you. Jason, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I have a 2006 Chevy Silverado 1500, and uh, yesterday it would not start, and the indicator light looks like I activated the anti-theft, the pass lock system. Mm -hmm. And I went online, and I followed directions to reset it, where every 10 minutes you turn it on and off. It, nothing worked. It, you know, there's, there's juice in the battery, but it just won't won't move. So did you try another key? That's uh, that's the first thing yes. you should try. Yes, I did, because there's no chip or anything in the key. The car's old enough. Right. So I've been using these hardware store-made keys. Uh -huh. So I went and got the original that came with it that didn't change anything okay well and i even removed the battery terminals and clicked them together that's what the dealer told me to do yeah nothing worked yeah well then you're probably and sadly you're probably going to have to get it towed in and, and get some more information from the car see truly if it is a you know theft deterrent thing that's happening that's causing the problem and uh if it if it is then the in the in the um, ignition switch itself. Sometimes there's a receiver, and of course there's wires going to those. We've seen it where those wires will have moved enough to have have broken off. They're very very small uh, little wires, and sometimes those will break off. And but something like that is probably what's going on. But I don't know that you're going to be able to uh, get that sorted out in your driveway without some more information. Uh, and of course you don't have access to that, so you're going to have to get it somewhere where somebody is going to be able to help you with that. Okay. Good luck, Jason. Thank you. Uh, if you want to uh, ask your car care question, you can do it by phone or by text. We have more show to come. But keep in mind, Dan will uh, be taking his leave about 745. So don't wait. If you do have a question, we'd love to help you out, as I said, either by phone or by text. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We mentioned earlier at the start of the show on Grand Avenue. Where on Grand Avenue? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right in the heart of Grand Old Age. It tomorrow. is. Yes, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. Uh, Jim will be there this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. All right, Dan, let's get back to uh, work here. If you have a, a car care question, call it in or text it in. Uh, speaking of the phones, and then we'll pick up on some text messages. Dale is calling from Frederick. I believe that's in Wisconsin. Dale, you're on CCO with Dan. Good morning. Morning. I'm having a, I am having have a 1992 Buick LeSabre, and the uh, electrical system ain't working right. It, uh, I've changed the alternator and checked the battery, cleaned the ground, and cleaned all the cables, everything, every connection I can find, but it still doesn't charge. Well, it's uh, it's lacking another ingredient. You know, there uh, when you uh, put the alternator in, I'm sure you notice that there's the small wires that are actually the signal uh, of how how much the alternator should charge, and then there's the big wire that actually goes from the alternator over to the battery. And uh, I'm not sure what's going on if the if the alternator is not getting the signal that it needs. Uh, to to charge, or if there's um, if that big wire isn't getting over to the uh, to the battery, so I, I think the first thing I would do is is if you have a voltmeter, 
check right at the back of the alternator with the car running and see if it's if it if the alternator is actually charging there but not getting over to the battery because that's a possibility uh, if it's not charging coming out of the alternator then <clears throat> you'd need to and I would too I would need to refer to a a wiring diagram and see exactly uh, which wire is supposed to be power and where it comes from and, and so forth and and get an idea of how that wiring going to the alternator is supposed to work. Uh, but uh, there, there's a way to trick the alternator, and I'm I'm not going to tell you how to do that because I wouldn't know without looking. But, but uh, you know, if you ground one of those uh, small wires, you can get the alternator. You, you should make the alternator capable of charging and uh and if it is capable of charging then of course if you do that it'll it'll uh, charge but and that i guess that's another possibility is that the alternator that you installed is just not capable of working it's a oh. defective alternator so that's another thing that you should check into all right some ideas there dale ruth is calling from river falls ruth you're on with dan uh good morning dan um i have a 2014 buick regal it has 20,570 in it. Um, I received a little message on my readout little screen there that said, attention, all-wheel drive lubricate rear axle. So when I took it in, the guys couldn't get this code to come up. And this is what they wrote. Found this code stored in ABS system, and it listed lost communication, with differential control module. Code is memory only, not a current code. Removed connector at rear differential to check and clean connections. Cleared all codes from system. And then they gave me a readout and everything had a check mark except that um, you, um, uh, what, the ABS system. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't find anything, and I just wondered if you've had any experience with this. Well, I no, but not specifically with that, but I think the procedure that they followed was exactly right. Uh, oftentimes in a situation like that, uh, it is a connection, and disconnecting the connector, sometimes just disconnecting the connector and putting it back together is all it takes to to uh, to make it work and, and function properly again. Um, so that, that you know, I think what they did is correctly. Has it been working fine since? It, I have never seen the code again, and they couldn't get it to come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that you can drive the car confidently and and believe that what they did is is what the problem was. The next thing, if the light ever does come back, and it probably won't, but if it ever does, is that sensor might intermittently be failing, and uh, that probably the next thing they would do is. Even if they can't prove that the that the sensor has failed, the, probably the next thing that they would do is recommend replacing that sensor uh, and see how it goes from there. Okay. We, in our business, we hate to guess. It's in fact, yeah. it's against the rules at Lloyd's Automotive. But uh, sometimes with intermittent problems, that's just the way that it goes. You have to come down to well, uh, you know, this there's a high probability that this is the part that's failing and. And if you don't want to take a chance, then we should probably replace this part. But because oftentimes when we're working on them, you know, they, you bring it in, it's not acting up. Yeah. We go through the procedure, the parts all test good, and uh, it, eventually it comes down to, well, let's try this because we have to do something. Yeah, and good so point. That's the way it goes. Well put. All right, Ruth, thank you. We have to take a break. We have more show to come. If you have a car care question, you know what we have to do, Dan, is we have to pick up on some text messages here. So we don't want to forget about those folks at all.
And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny along with Dan Burns, ASE Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, uh, we've got texters to help out. Let's do that. Uh, 2003 Mazda 6. Any ideas why the car constantly goes into limp mode? What's the limp? Well, it's uh, certain manufacturers have this limp-in mode where the car, uh, it there, there's a, a significant error that's happening from, from a significant sensor or something like that. And just so that you can get the car safely off the road or safely to a, a car repair shop, it shuts everything, nearly shuts everything down. You, you know, you can go 20 miles an hour or whatever and, and cruise along and get to a, to a shop to get some help. Uh, if a vehicle goes into the limp-in mode, then uh, there's a very good chance that somewhere in the computer system there's a code stored, and that code would be related to what caused the problem. If, uh, for some reason, there is not a code in there, then it makes it a lot more difficult to track down because then you kind of have to you know, hope that it's frequent enough where I can put all my computer equipment on it, drive it around, get it tacked up. Sure. And then when it acts up, I can push a button and, and my, my equipment will memorize the experience and, and I can go back in time and, and ahead in time and, and see what's missing. But, uh, but chances are, are more likely that if you have it, the computer scanned, there'll be the information will be stored in there and you'll be able to get that out of there. All right. Good. Another texter says a 2005 Buick overheating car repair place says it's a blown head gasket. How do I know for sure? And is there a test? There is a test. Uh, well, there's, Several tests. One would be to uh, remove the spark plugs, uh, pressurize the cooling system, and uh, you know look inside the cylinders for coolant. And uh, it would be a pretty significant leak if you're able to see coolant. But but oftentimes we do. Uh, you look in there with a little mini camera that we use. Um, another way is to to get the car running and operating. And we have a gas analyzer and. If you're getting exhaust uh, into the cooling system, uh, then you also know that, uh, and there should not be any exhaust getting into the cooling system, but if there is some, then the uh, cylinder head or, head or gasket has failed. That's a so, pretty yeah, good That's job. the test procedure. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Uh, channel buttons on the radio no longer light up. It's a 97 Chevy Suburban. Is this a fuse issue or bulbs? Nah, it's a, it's a, well, it's a radio issue, <clears throat> and they're not serviceable, um, which is a oh. bummer. Common with those, and, and uh, just make sure that you have WCCO as the number one button, and then <laughs> find yeah. you can find it. And then just never switch it. That's probably That's right. best. Yeah, just leave it there. Yeah. Light or dark, just leave <laughs> it. Light or dark, just leave it there. But at any rate, no, it's in the radio, it's in the radio itself. And, uh, you know, maybe you could look around for a good used one or, or something like oh, that. Okay. or or uh, you know maybe a an aftermarket radio would mount in there properly and 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 fit good. But those are a couple options. Good deal. But it's if it's a radio that or the uh, the radio itself and and the bulbs are not serviceable. Not serviceable. No. An O four GMC twenty five hundred AC works great, then suddenly blows warm. Will cool again next time driven. Very random. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so something's not happy. Um, there's sensors on the cooling uh, air conditioning system that uh, keep or keep that protect the system if the temperature of somewhere you know somewhere in the system gets too high it'll shut itself down if the pressures get too high or too low 
the uh, system will shut itself down and either there's something not working correctly, which which certainly would cause it to shut itself down and, and protect itself, um, or it's falsely getting a, a, a code or a, you know an input, and which is common too. And if it's falsely getting an input, then uh, then you'd have to track that down and see you know what it is. Luckily, there's not too many options. You know, maybe a half a dozen things that could cause that. So it's not you wouldn't have to look too deep to find it. But something is causing that shutdown. Okay. My daughter, Tester says, has a 2008 Saturn Ion that has run really well for her. Recently, the fan has started to make a really loud clicking noise anytime she runs it. Any thoughts on what's going on and the ballpark cost to fix it? Yeah, I don't know how much it would cost to fix it. <clears throat> and I would also wonder if it's the cooling fan. There's electric fans out under the hood, and there's a, and then there's the blower motor inside the car. If you're hearing it, it's more likely the blower motor inside the car that actually blows the air that's making the noise. And uh, if it has started to make noise, a couple things that could have happened is either the motor is, has failed or, uh, Denny, we've seen this before, where uh, animals have gotten in there or debris has gotten in there and fallen into the motor itself, into the, the fan blades itself. And if that's the case, that can rattle around in there and make noise too. So... But at any rate, it probably is going to require that you pull the uh, the blower motor out and uh, and see what's going on. All right, very good. Again, uh, if we don't get all the text messages, Dan, I'm going to print this out and we'll uh, again uh, sounds good. Do do some more next week. Let's see. Oh, here's an interesting question. I don't know if we've ever done the math. It's not real difficult. Even I could do it. How do you calculate what your gas mileage is in your car? <laughs> well, you take the number of miles that you've driven, and divide it by the number of gallons that you put in the car. Uh-huh. And that will equal how many miles per gallon you're getting. Do that every time. I do, too. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and I can look obsessive back. Obsessive compulsive. <laughs> I know. And when it's bad, I can look back, and <clears throat> usually it's related to me. It's actually always it's related to me. I've done something different when the mileage is poor. Uh-huh. It's been in the wintertime when I let it warm up too long or, you know, lots of conditions in the wintertime. And when the mileage has been spectacular, it's been on a, a long drive with perhaps a tailwind, and uh, and that makes a big difference. Here's an 08 Chevy Cobalt. Drives great, no rust, bad knock in the engine, though. Also, the trans, uh, tr- tranny is leaking. Does it pay to find used to replace? 160,000 miles. Finding good used cars in that price range is hard. It is good used parts. I wonder is, if, if what they're talking about. But at any Probably. rate, yeah, uh, you know we do it all the time. And as the just a normal guy on the street, it can be a little bit trickier because I have a relationship with these, uh, you know, recyclers. They call themselves that that uh, recycle parts and and sell them to us. And of course, they come with a warranty and and. They have a relationship with me, so they want to be sure that I get good parts or at least stand behind them. So that's the only thing I, I would, you know, as a, as a normal consumer, I would be a little bit careful of is where you get it, who you're dealing with, and uh, that because it's a lot of work to put in. And if the warranty only cl- includes that, that uh, I'll give you another one, well, that's great. I appreciate that you'll give me another one, but I, I don't want to go through the whole process of putting it in again. So I want I want a good one in the on the front end and, and know that it's been tested and, and, uh, and marked as good. 
Uh, we have to run, but there's a te- final text here that I think I want to impart to you. Uh, the text says, I just wanted to uh, add, uh, evidently he was a caller earlier, that your show has saved me thousands of dollars. Thank you very much. Oh, How nice. about that? That's yeah. the idea. That, that's that the is idea. the whole idea. That's yeah. <clears throat> that's what I'm, why I'm here and what I'm hoping to do is to give you a little information yeah. that you can share because the more information you tell your shop, the uh, the better off everyone's going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan, we'll see you one week from today. Sounds good. I'll be oh, here. Good deal. Thank you. And by the way, how do we get in touch with you guys there? Well, come on over. That's the best way to get in touch with us. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call, 651-228-1316. Good deal. See you one week from today. Thank you, Dan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.